0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Devin Kafusi, former BYU defensive lineman, who's transferring to Utah. Devin, good morning.
1: Hey there, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. Uh, you know, obviously we've heard the story, we know kind of the headlines, but I think uh, having you on gives us a chance to to flush out some of, the, uh, some of the details. There's probably three or four things to chase down. Let's start with... Um, you made comments about the scheme at BYU and how you think maybe it doesn't, uh, doesn't really fit you, and, and so you're transferring. And you know, we got a lot of people listening who played high school football, coach high school football, used to coach high school football. Can you uh, break it down a little bit and give us a little insight into the scheme, how it impacted you, and what you think might be better at the U?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I you know made a lot of great friends and had a lot, a lot of great um, great time playing at BYU. Um, but definitely not really a good from bad decision. Really, you know, a, a good to better decision um, with what I'm doing heading up to Utah. Uh, the case of the skiing things, um, it, it was accumulation of things. Um, skiing, you know, being a factor uh, is one of those things. Um, but um, from what I viewed, just with in comparison to Utah, I, I feel like i would be a better fit up in. Um, their defense that they have had a great culture and identity with for the past couple of years um, when it comes to developing um, you know, defensive ends. And um, um, we've seen that with players that have gone through Utah's program um, that have gone to next level. And so it's something that's always piqued my interest and has been really enticing to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about that, Devin, because they have been known, I think, for many years, decades even, of no matter how good the team is, they still have really good linemen on the inside and out on the edges. So you going there, you're walking into a situation where you're going to have to up your game to get some playing time because it's been so competitive. And you're right, sending so many guys to the NFL – you already said that was enticing, but how about the thought of having to really compete just to get out on the field?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Just, um, you know, the program up there, just how it's set up and um, the opportunities they give players, you know, um, um, whether it be, you know, uh, nutrition or, um, you know, help. Um, really just giving them the best opportunity to compete, um, you know, at a very high level. And so um, it's something that I'm all about, um, competing and, um, you know, just really enjoying the opportunity to go up there um, no matter where I'm starting at. I'm coming in as a new guy, as a transfer even, uh, but just competing in that defense um, in which I have confidence in and, and knowing and playing. And so uh, I'm just really excited to see how it ends up.
0: So not to jump too far ahead, but people who know more, way more about this than me and you know, transferring in college football and college basketball, things have really changed not just over the last 10 years but even over the last three or five, that it's really important for players in your situation especially if you transfer after a couple years to be able to graduate in three and a half years. Are you on yeah. track for that? because from the there, there's some guys who need that because if they're going pro, um, say the way some of the Utes did, you know, Jalen Johnson, right? He's got his degree. Mm-hmm. now he can go work out for the draft. If it isn't working out for you, you still have a chance to transfer as a grad transfer and be spring football at the next school you go to, whatever that might be. Are you on mm-hmm. track for either one of those things in a three and a half year graduation?
1: Um, yeah, no, really, I just love to stay locked in, um, up at Utah, you know, so stay close to home, keep it in-state, um, you know, I, I've loved growing up here, um, and everything, um, school-wise, yeah, um, I'm ahead with some credits right now, um, but also, you know, uh, taking years off to, to serve a mission, um, you know, it makes me an older, an older guy when it comes to my older years, um. But, you know, we've seen that before um, year after year with um, with members of the church here in the state of Utah. But the, the sooner the better. That's definitely the goal. So if I get school done, um, do what I need to on the football field, to get the results that I want, and then um, go next level, that's, you know, the ideal dream of having things go.
2: Your last name, obviously, Devin, is basically royalty at BYU. And, you know, there's some over there at Utah, too. But, you know, the Kafusi name, is, is it's a household name there with uh, the BYU football program and has been for many years. And so the point that I'm going at is because with you, uh, Kafusi, in this case you obviously, leaving, it— And combined with a couple of 7-6s and and 4-9s, there's a little unrest with the football program. So, in a sense, it looks bad on the coaches, particularly the D coordinator and the head coach, that a Kafusi is leaving and then is leaving to go to Utah. And so Kalani and Tuiaki may get a bad rap. What is your response to that for people who would criticize those two for letting a Kafusi get away?
1: Um, you know, really, um you know, Kalani has has done so much and Tuyaki has done so much for 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 me and my family and my development. Um, you know, the main thing is though, you know, players only get four years of play. Um in in my case, you know, I mean everyone's case of eligibility wise. Um you know, me as a player I'm figuring out a lot of things to uh to do and to figure out and start a day. Um the program and moving things into place uh year after year, whether it be getting the players they want, or you know, the coaches they want there, and so, um, you know, um, I'm sure enough they'll get it down to you know Kalani being um, the competitor he is, he'll get it down to what he wants and stuff. Um, unfortunately, it's just you know I'm on a clock, and so I really just wanted to make the most out of my my last couple of years' of eligibility, and so, um, yeah, best selected them. But um, it, it is it is something very different. Of course, you know, uh, having so many years here at BYU uh, w- within the family, and um, you know, a lot of things change, and uh, hopefully, change for the better.
0: Devin Kafusi, joining us, former BYU defensive lineman transferring to Utah. I heard Kalani spent a lot of time with you in this process, and I'm sure there's some stuff that, you know, you don't want to throw out on the radio, and, and we both get that. But can you talk a little bit about how much time he did invest you and invest in you and some of the things he helped you work through in this process?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, if you talk to anyone that has, has been under uh, Kalani, as you know, he's just um, he really cares for the players. Um. So him and I had a really nice long talk when I when I met with him and um, broke the news that I have the intentions of transferring. Um, it was really helpful, talking through a lot of things, gave a lot of things to think about. And so I was able to leave his office, you know, um, feeling a lot better. Um, I, I went in, by, you know, knowing that it was going to be some pretty shocking news to him. Um, but after, after talking with him, um, you know, it, it was really good. I'm just calling him on the best for me um i know he, i know he's you know giving it all um to the players over there um you know hoping that he gets more help whether it's from um administration above uh to really just l- let him do what he wants with the program over there and to really help um help those players as well you know BYU having its uh unique um circumstances than other universities is a challenge for sure um but, you know, I've, I'm confident he'll, he'll figure it out. Um, and just spending a lot of time talking with him and talking with, you know, my own family members um, in relation with, uh, with him and everything else.
2: So uh, I, I got to be blunt on this. Uh, when this decision was, when you announced it, uh, guys at BYU got in touch with me and said uh, that you're not signing a scholarship agreement that you're walking on. Could you clarify that?
1: Oh, no, it's a, it's a scholarship offer from Coach Powell and Coach Scally. Um, um, I mean, going into, you know, the transfer portal, it's kind of walking out in the dark a little bit, especially, and I know in my situation, just, um, you know, I, don't, I really don't have much film to, to back it up uh, for anything to offer. Um, you know, coming off an, uh, a surgery I had in January, um, as well as, you know, not being a grad transfer, and at the timing of spring ball. I mean, I mean, when you talk college football, you know, it, they got everything planned out really for that for the rest of the year, whether it be the scholarships and everything. Um, the Coach Powell let me know right away um, th- that they'd love to have me, that I got all the right tools, a lot of untapped potential, um, which was just a, a huge blessing um, and I'm super grateful for. Um, you know, it helps me with my confidence as well, knowing um, I know I am a... Uh, the student athlete of a scholarship but I also get the logistics of timing and everything um, would have been tough to kind of move some pieces around but I'm super grateful that it worked out um, in the way that has to receive a full ride scholarship up there
0: so do you get that immediately or is that something that kicks in mid-year uh, immediately I'm also intrigued uh, because, as PK points out, the Kafusi name is just kind of, you know, football royalty. Uh, by the time I moved here 25 years ago, the Kafusi train was already rolling. So you've got immediate family and extended family. You've got Utes and Cougars. Uh, how, how wide did you go through that network to get input, and what kind of input did you get? And, and was it all the same, or was it different?
1: Um, it, was, it was all the same. Um. You know great experiences at both universities um whether it's my uncles or my dad or or cousins um i really leaned heavily on 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 my brothers you know them being at byu um over different courses at byu um and and, and what they've seen and you know the standard that um they held out to and expectations as well as um my own dad and that's something that i i found really cool and interesting when going through this process um you know my dad not being in coaching anymore seeing all the coaches and the um, the players uh, that his influence has had over the years, whether it's in the state of football or just in the, uh, or defensive side of college football in general. Um, So my dad, you know, having experience at both places, um, I was able to talk with him and also, um, you know, him having strong relations with um, coaches out here in the West, um, as well as up at Utah specifically. And so, um, those are who I really, uh, reached to and relied on, um, really kept it low key and under the radar when it came to, um, you know, this transfer and let alone recruiting as well.
2: Did you s- consider any other schools?
1: Um, Utah was definitely the school in mind. I mean, when I had the idea first, uh, that kind of popped in my head of transferring. It was always just like, when I, when I picture me transferring, it was just picturing me going to Utah. Um. But, of course, um, you know, I really laid out my options and opportunities and just really kind of went through them thoroughly to make sure um, I was making the best decision for me. Um, when it came on to it, um, Utah, of course, was the best decision uh, decision for me.
0: How seriously had you looked at Utah and how seriously had they looked at you uh, coming out of high school before you were enrolled?
1: Yeah, no, it was actually Kalani up there up at Utah. Um, Um, they're actually one of the first people to recruit me. Um, I remember my, uh, my junior year, um, I I went to the seven on seven up there and, uh, did really well. Um, and Kalani approached me, was walking me around during the seven on seven day. And he was just talking to me about how he knew me, uh, my family very well and everything. And he at the t- you know, knowing that we're a BYU family at that point, having both brothers commit and everything and, and be playing. Um, but he, goes, he, he told me, he's like, hey, if you ever, you know, just know, um, I, I know you're a BYU family, but if you ever want a place to play, you know, we'd love to have you up at Utah. And so I um, was in contact with them um, as, w- as well in that sense. But out of high school, you know, I, I committed to BYU on the spot. Um, but I also had my best friend, Brian Covey, um, and some other friends up there at Utah at the time. Um, is, uh, I've, I've always, um, you know, kept an eye on, on on Utah football.
2: So, going forward here, there's an opportunity to appeal to maybe play next year, and then also have the. Uh, one-time transfer rule that they're discussing, so you could possibly play next year. I guess that remains to be seen. Is that something that your health would allow, and you'd want to do it, and or would you prefer to redshirt to get bigger, stronger, all that type of stuff?
1: Oh, I'll be ready. Um, you know, if it allows me, to, I'll be ready to go uh, to, to play and uh, to contribute. Um, but of course, going in, um, we'll, we'll see how the, you know um, the talks with NCA how the new rule will unfold. Um, But when it came to transferring, I took that into consideration, uh, understanding that I may have to sit out a year, um, which is, you know, I saw as also um, uh, very beneficial to me, Um, you know, just getting up into a program, um, you know, really just um, learning the system, um, using the facilities and um, all the help that they offer and just knocking a bunch of school out. And so... Um either either one happens um you know i, I i've thought through and and, and we'll be prepared for um but you know playing right away would be awesome you know it's uh already missing tiers of football uh <laughs> so my servant mission is uh really makes you miss the game and you know i'm, I'm still just hungry to show um my best football uh, that I haven't been able to show yet
2: was this one more th- thing before you? Go ahead, DJ.
0: I was just wondering, uh, was this 100% a football uh, decision? Sometimes when players transfer, there's stuff going on off the field that factors into it as well, and, and not everybody always wants to get into that, obviously. But was that mm-hmm. a factor?
1: Um, everything uh, around it was football. Um, I just, I just knew, um, you know that there are better universities that you know that accommodate football players and. And I have, um, uh, you know, that give better better opportunities um, within programs, whether it's academic help or, um, you know, um, help after football and everything. Um, But of course, football is the main driven thing. Um, It's it's, it's what I want to be. It's it's, it's what I I, want to reach uh, a goal of becoming the best footballer I can be, uh, which would be to take it next level as well. But of course, um, you know, you got to go through um, the first steps, and that's, you know, getting into a great program, proving yourself, having a results show on the field, and being consistent um, year after year with that. And so, um, yeah, football-driven in um, my decision.
0: Well, Devin, we appreciate a few minutes. Good luck with the transfer. You're kafusi, so everybody's always watching, but you've been around it your whole life, so you know now everybody's really watching. Good luck to yeah. you.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you.
0: Okay, Devin Kafusi, former BYU defensive lineman who is transferring to Utah. Joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, coming up, the uh, story that uh, you heard a little bit about on the big show, Sam Amick came on and talked about behind the scenes with the Utah Jazz during the days that changed everything. Shams uh, a Shirania Ch- Shirania Ch- thank you Sam Amick Tony Jones the three of them coming together to write this uh it's massive PK and I've been reading through it during breaks it's uh it's a huge story there's a lot in it I think uh I think P.K. and I both think Joe Ingles has already responded to it. We will get to that, our thoughts on it. I think there's one, well, and so does P.K. We both think there's a big piece of the puzzle, an even bigger piece of the puzzle that isn't discussed in that because I don't think that was really the focus of this piece. But I think to Jazz fans, it's a big piece of the puzzle you've got to think about because I think front office is thinking about it. I think the coaches are thinking about it. Uh, We will get to that next, DJ and P.K. It's 97.5 and
3: 1280 The Zone. And now, Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Utah Jazz guard Mike Conley will take part in the NBA's televised Horse Challenge competition, which is scheduled to begin Sunday at 5 o'clock on ESPN. He's going to face off against WNBA star Tamika Catchings. Houston Texans traded their 2020 second-round pick to the Rams in exchange for wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth-round pick as they seek to replace DeAndre Hopkins. Forbes estimates the Yankees are baseball's most valuable franchise at $5 billion, up 9% over last year. The Dodgers are number 2, $3.4 billion valuation from Forbes Miami Marlins bring up the rear with a value of $980 million. that's a drop of $20 million from a year ago Top of the Wire brought to you by Action Plumbing call Action for your plumbing, heating, air and electrical needs by calling 801-833-3333 or going to actionplumbing.net
3: Take the Zone with you wherever you go Let's go Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the Zone as well as podcast editions of every show From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK, time to catch you up to date on what we've been talking about today. Uh... We've got the uh, three reporters at The Athletic. Tony Jones, the one you're most likely to know. Uh, But uh, they combined to come together with the the behind-the-scenes with the Utah Jazz, the days of the change to everything. I'm still not all the way through it. I'm reading it during commercial breaks. Uh, I think I've gotten most of it now. Uh, If you like the the behind-the-scenes stuff, the detail, there's a lot of what went on in Oklahoma City, right down to the fact that, and I think we'll all be giving Quinn a hard time about this, Uh, his dinner that night was a French bread pizza, a payday bar and a Dr. Pepper. So there's all kinds of uh, detail in there, reminding him of coaching in the D League, now the G League. So there's all that kind of stuff if you're into that. Late in the article, there's stuff about the relationship between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And Joe Engel's on the record saying, you know, he, it's up to them to work it out, but he thinks it can be worked out. Those quotes have been out there. It's been discussed before. It's not a surprise when you well, read that. Well, he said that on our show. Right. We asked him about it. Uh, he said it on a podcast, yeah. then on our show. Two weeks ago. Right. So that's out there. Yeah. That's not a big surprise. There is an anonymous quote, and no. we don't know if it's a star player or a player at the end of the bench. We don't know if it's a high-profile coach or uh, front office type or a low, lower-profile assistant coach or front Office type or scout. I have no idea who it is who says it's not salvageable. They're they're just giving up hope. And I think that for all of these situations, whether it's how LeBron gets along with the coaching staff in LA, which seems great because they're winning, whether it's a separate set of rules for Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers versus the guys who've been there a year ago, or whether it's Draymond Green and Steve Kerr, who obviously have had their moments, at least one of which was caught on tape. I think there's a honeymoon when everybody comes back because everybody's going to be so happy to be back to basketball. You know, guys are clearly bored and they don't want to come back before it's safe, but they want it to be safe and they want to get back. So I think there's a honeymoon period there. But PK, you brought this up and you and I talked about this off the air um, and it had to be. In a, a day or two after Gobert tested positive because we weren't on the air for four days while they cleaned the arena. I guess two of them were weekends we wouldn't have been on anyway. But we were, we were off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we talked in there about the, the bigger point of this is what is going to win in the league going forward. Do you have to have five three-point shooters? Gobert's contract is up, and he'll be due the Supermax in the summer of 2021. Now, in a perfect world, you'd have a couple of playoffs here to see how this team can evolve, how the league is evolving, how much success you can have, and then project how much more success you can have. Obviously, if the playoffs get finished this year, it's going to be odd, right? Home court will be out the window. If they finish, it apparently will be in one city with everybody you know, contained there and no fans. It'll be an odd deal. So these decisions are going to have to be made with less information than you would prefer. But nonetheless, what is going to win in the league in 2022, 2023, and 2024? And should the Jazz be spending the Supermax money on Gobert? I think at the end of the day, what happens with this duo, and and it comes down to that more than the personal relationship. And personal relationships do matter. But the style of play is going to be really important. And I think the other thing that has to be factored in here. You know, Donovan Mitchell is awesome. And as you said early in the show, without question, he's going to be the face of the franchise going forward. There's this combination of talent, uh, work ethic, desire to get better, uh, PR ability, you know, the fan favorite, he's got all that stuff. But going forward, they have to account the fact, and, and you and I have already seen this, we've already lived this, there's a John Stockton thing going on in his career. He's awesome, but he's about six inches shorter than most of the elite players of his generation. Now, when Stockton got to the highest level of the NBA Finals, it didn't take Phil Jackson very long to figure out double team him with two 6'6 guys. He's a six footer. So Jordan and Harper, double team, and the easiest pass for John is to throw it over to the sideline to the wing, and they're pressuring there. They made it really hard for the Jazz to get in their offense. Why were they playing 86-83 games? Because they were taking the ball out of his hands. Mitchell's going to face the same thing. If he's playing at the highest level, you know, he's giving up a lot of size to Kawhi Leonard or to LeBron James or to, you know, whoever they play. Um if they were in a final against the Bucs. You know, Giannis is, a, is obviously a much bigger player. And they'll double him if they have to. The Jazz have to account for this. They are going to have to have quality players of size. So I think this is – it's not a decision that's got to be made for another – what are we looking at, 14, 15 months? But it's a decision that's going to have to be made. So I know the personality stuff – is a great read and people get into that but I I don't think it's the biggest question that faces Dennis Lindsay Justin Zanuck Quinn Snyder their whole team I just don't think this is the biggest question going forward
2: no, certainly not. Yeah, I mean, this is juicy in the short term. And Joe Wingles, you talk about, he responded. Mm-hmm. He put out an LOL on Twitter because he believes the relationship. I mean, come on, you got a 23-year-old and you can't repair relationships and you're 23 years of age? And I, I don't know that I buy it. I, I mean, I realize you're dealing with young guys here, uh, but cooler heads will prevail. I believe that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that they will. it will prevail even if it does prevail and even if they were the best of friends they still the management still has decisions to make this is this is the essence of pro sports the job is never done you're always always making decisions because co- contracts are coming and going and that's just they'll have con- they'll have a bunch of decisions to make next summer and then maybe it settles down to a small degree and then it ramps back up again a year or so after that so it's ongoing and they need to figure out do they need a rim protector who also can step outside and shoot a three because teams look like they've got that now if you've got big time superstars in the manner of uh, LeBron James maybe you can get away with that to an extent but you know those guys are just so few and far between there's just not that many out there but even the Lakers who have LeBron I mean you can argue that Anthony Davis is somewhat of a rim protector too because you know he might be the epitome of the modern day big man and the Lakers have got him now I don't know that they'll have him in a few months because he's a free agent We'll have to see and then they'll have to make decisions so Lindsay and Jay-Z and those guys they've got a Decisions, what do they want going forward? Because Gobert's contract will be coming up, as you said, uh, the, what the year after next? They got to decide do we give him the maximum or do we move on? Do we trade him? Blah blah blah. All these decisions, and they always it's like it's a never ending deal, and so they're going to have to make these decisions, even if these two went out to dinner every single night. <laughs> so, this to me, this stuff here about them getting along and salvageable, unsalvageable. I might be missing the boat here, but that seems like a temporary situation. And you've got bigger issues that the team has to decide. And they're ongoing to the point where, you know, when they get to that, then they'll know what they want to do. And and they'll gather information and they'll most likely make the correct decision. And that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes it intriguing. That's why we have sports talk, <laughs> because you know everybody's got an opinion. Keep Gobert, trade Gobert. Keep Mitchell. Uh, don't trade for Conley. What were you doing? Keep favors. You know what I mean? It's old Larry Miller story. Hey, as long as they're talking about us, that means they're emotionally invested, and that's what you want. And that's that. Those are the facts. That's what makes sports fun in that way. You know, this this virus stuff. This isn't fun. Nobody wants to be talking about this. It's reality. Put it. Is. Isn't fun. It's okay. Should they have kept favors? Do they keep Rubio? They get Conley? You know, all these types of things. And that'll continue again. With or without this virus, it'll continue to go on. With or without this friendship. And Joe Ingles, who's right there on the front line, he's tweeting out LOL. And now people are asking him what that's about. <laughs> and he's responding in a Joe Ingles flippant manner. He's, he's, You, know, he's, he's, you pissed about this, Joe? Oh, I'm pissed I can't go over to Rudy's house because he's got a great chef. You know, he's having fun with it. And I mean, really, that's what you should do in, in this regard. So it doesn't take away and doesn't really have anything to do necessarily completely with what the bigger decision is, what is the best way to win going forward.
0: They make it clear in this uh, story that uh, it's not clear which player might have given it to the other. It's also not clear that they didn't necessarily get it from a third person. Obviously, we know other players that they played against have tested positive. We know a cameraman in the locker room in Detroit from Detroit tested positive. So tracing all of that, that can't be done. Anyone who's assuming I that know. that's part of the issue, you know, they, they, they go into that in the story that the team knows full well that they don't know who got what from, from whom. So, you know, that's not an issue. I think if there's an issue, uh, and, and I think it's a smaller issue versus what has to be done next summer, I think that's the primary thing that's got to be figured out. But there's a smaller issue. It goes back to Rudy at the start of the year saying basically he needs more shots. You know, I had a lot of dunks. they got to find me for dunks. And they've been running at the start of every game a couple of plays for Rudy where basically he posts up old school. You know, if if Rudy wants to make clear that he wants to be part of the team, if I were advising him, and he probably doesn't want advice from me, but, hey, i got a radio show. I'm going to do it anyway. Just go in and say in front of everybody, Coach, you don't have to run those plays for me. If you want to run those post-ups because you want to run them, then run them. But if you don't, that's fine. Put that aside. Man, Danny Ainge told you a long time ago, FGAs matter a lot to players. And him putting, if I had to put my finger on one thing that sours the relationship, him saying that, and what was that, like, I don't know, four games into the season? It was way early in the year. I'd have to go back and look up exactly when it was. But it was way early. If there's anything that puts a damper on it, that does. And if he gets up in front of everybody or at a practice just says, you don't have to run this for me to make me happy, I'm happy. I'm going to get my points off offensive rebounds. I'm going to dominate the offensive glass while the other four get back in transition. Everybody's going to respect that. And there's going to, you know, it's, it's very much what have you done for me lately, which can be a problem, but in this case, it could be good news. And so if Rudy wants to change the narrative, come out, say that, and then back it up with your play. I think a lot of this stuff goes away. But that doesn't automatically answer the question of what are the Jazz going to do next summer and what should they do?
2: No, 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 not at all. We'll, we'll be debating that. All through next year. And that, and for us, that's fun. And that, that's, that's what it is. Because we don't have to make the decisions. We just sit on the sidelines yeah. and second guess or, you know, give our opinions and have fun. To, to, to me, it's fun and games. I've made that abundantly clear for many years. This is entertainment. For those guys, it's life. It's their livelihood. For me, it's entertainment. And what they do yeah well they'll they'll make their decisions and then we'll react accordingly and we'll have fun leading up to it the good thing is i think they're dealing from a position of strength it's not like because it reminds me a little bit of the Karolinko thing you know he wanted to be involved more so run a couple of plays for him early well uh, Karolinko, for whatever reason his value and his production declined and the contract became a situation where you know you can't wait to get out from under it well rudy's a good player And so in the meantime, he's going to give you good production. He's going to be effective. You're going to have a winning team, and you're going to be a playoff team. So in my mind, you're dealing from a position of strength, not a position of weakness.
0: Yes, he'll always have a lot of value around the league because I think whether, you know, and there's differences, obviously, between Kirilenko and Gobert, but I think the thing that they would have in common, that really every player has in common, um, at least the uh, the players who play at an elite level get to All Star games. That kind of stuff is that every GM and coach have to ask themselves: If we spend on this guy like he's one of, like he's our best player, or our second best player, how far can we go? What is our ceiling? Everybody's going to have max yeah, players, yeah. Oh, but sure, yeah, what but... is the ceiling with that guy? Yeah. And if you're the Jazz and you've been team six, eight, or ten in the league, and you're trying to be team one, two, three, or four. You've got to assess this player, whether it's Donovan or Rudy or somebody they might be looking to acquire. If we pay him like he's our, our one of our two best players, how far can we get? And there's always going to demand, de- be demand for Rudy because we know he can elevate Team 25 to 15 or he can elevate Team 20 to Team 12. So those teams and you know, those GMs are trying to get to the playoffs and save their jobs. So there, there's going to be a market. Um, now the question is, You know how many games and how many playoff games are you going to get to play before you have to make this decision? Because the more games you play and the more playoff games you play, the more it'll become clear what you need to do. And I'll only speak for myself here, PK. You can speak for yourself. I don't think the Jazz have made this decision yet. If they have, they've done an excellent job of keeping it quiet. I think this is something that is looming out there to be decided. Maybe I'm wrong about that, and maybe you No more than i do but i think it's looming to be decided and they're very much interested in how many of these games and playoff games are going to get to play because this is a a big decision in the summer of 2021
2: yeah oh yeah yeah it's well it's a huge decision there's no question about it at what point have they made the decision i'm not sure and you know how far along are they into making the decision i don't know but i do know it's a massive decision and that whether we were, we were preparing for the end of the regular season right now or the virus had come and hadn't come, whatever it is, that was still out there. That To me, that's the bigger issue here, not this other stuff that I view as somewhat temporary.
0: All right, DJ and PK, anything else we've talked about today that you want to pass along? I guess the one thing we had Locke on, and he was talking about 91-92. You know, people think you can't win when there's all this turmoil. He went into how much he thinks, uh, you know, Mark Eaton thinks that Jerry's job was on the line then. And they end up going to the conference final in 92, and it's a great run. But do you realize they turned over 75% of the roster In the next 18 months, they kept Stockton, they kept Malone, they kept David Benoit. Everybody else who played in the 92 Conference Finals was gone by training camp in 94. I mean, it was complete. So it's pro sports, it changes every three years, and the Jazz will make a lot of these decisions in the next three years too. It launched the most successful run, and people say, hey, five Conference Finals in seven years. But after one of them, they made major changes to the roster.
2: I wanted to, before we go to break, I want to hit on the the Kafusi thing, uh, the scholarship thing. You know, I came on, what was it, yesterday and was saying that he's going to be a walk-on. That's what I've been told. Well, uh, Yach heard my end of the phone call during the break. Actually, while we were doing the interview, and I asked him about it, about the scholarship, and then you followed up about the immediacy of it. You know, the kid said what he said, so be it. But I got a text during the interview and then a phone call during the break. This is, no, he's not on scholarship and that he's going to have to earn his way, and which is essentially what a walk-on is. Not to say he couldn't get a scholarship. Now, that goes, in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you took it differently, that goes in the face of what he said because he said that it would be immediacy. He's a full ride, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm still hearing that it's not. And I just put that out there and... Leave it to be, and then the listener can decide which way they want to go. But I think it needs to be said because it was reiterated to me as recently as 10 minutes ago. And during the break, I got a phone call uh, um, connecting with people from the University of Utah, not just BYU trying to rag on the kid. That's not the point. Uh, from, From the University of Utah saying, you know, it's a situation where, you, you got a chance to prove yourself. And then, yes, you will be. So I think that needs to be said. If you heard it differently, you can respond.
0: Uh, no. I, when he said, I, I keep trying to, um, I, I know what he's saying, and I have no reason not to believe him. But I, I don't know who your source or sources are. But I could probably throw out a list of people that I think trust you and tell you stuff. And they know their stuff. At the highest levels of both athletic departments, I think there's really I highest levels isn't the way to put it. I think there's really critical people in both departments who will tell you stuff. So the reason I came with the follow-up question is I've been trying to get these two things together in my in our mind because I don't think anyone's lying their butt off to save face. You know, where there's some Distinction right. or something, and that 's why I wanted to know okay you 're going to get a scholarship because Kyle came on our air before this was an issue before I knew anything about Kafusi transferring, and Yak replayed the bite and he said well we 're up against it with the initials, but it depends on how the NCA rules, so You know, in Devin's mind, if he thinks he's going to have a a scholarship when school starts, uh, you know, Labor Day, assuming it does and that, you know, we're all back to quote-unquote normal, at least as far as going to to school and all that. If that happens, um, you know, what the heck's going on here? And so one thing I floated to Locke yesterday is, does he have to wait for one of these scholarships to come available, but he's absolutely getting it? That's why I asked that follow-up question, because I'm trying to get these distinctions. I don't know why he— You know, I I don't know. I don't think anyone's lying their butt off. There's some level of misunderstanding or some distinction. We're not, there's some level of fine tuning this we're not getting to. I don't get it. I agree. All right, DJ and PK, that's the stuff we've been talking about today. Man, today started slow and then got juicy. Look at that. And people wonder what we're going to talk about. Sometimes we come in, we don't really know what we're going to talk about because we don't know exactly what the Athletic's going to print. they got three guys working on this for a long time. What are they going to come up with? (laughs) All right. It's all brought to you by Larry H. Miller. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next.
1: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere.
3: Big 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 Show with Gordon Monson and Jake
2: Scott. Let's start with Devin Kafusi. I think players should go where they feel most comfortable. If you feel like you picked a place that doesn't fit what you're looking for completely, I have no problem with a player saying, nope, this isn't what I'm looking for. I'm going to go somewhere else. The funny thing is, when you say that, what does that say about where you were? Which is kind of remarkable, considering you would have thought Devin Kafusi knew what BYU is all about
0: with intimate knowledge. When I hear stuff like, I wasn't developed well enough, or those sorts of things, sometimes that's code for, well, they like somebody else better.
3: Better. Turn this on. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, on 97.5-1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. One sport is motocross, Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at the MGM Grand, Jeff pass and Ricky Carmichael for the win. Oh, that there's the poop,
0: fellas. <laughs> What were you watching last night? It's taken on a life of its own, PK. We got Arizona Aggie and a bunch of others loving this tweet. Replays of Aggie games. Stop pretending there are only three sports teams around here. Youth Cougars Jazz. Uh, <laughs> Jake says he was watching the internet, a poll. Cosmo pulling out the narrow win over the Nittany Lion for his dance routine. So that was his focus. Uh, Dirk says he watched the 1993 Home Run Derby that was Griffey versus Juan Gonzalez. And a lot of people, uh, Derek, Ken, Utah by five, all watched Ozark. That, that show's catching some momentum there. Um, all right, so my favorite response, though, is when you get blamed for stuff that I did. <laughs> that is just awesome. <laughs> do you enjoy it as much as I do, or is that just a me thing?
2: Uh, you know, it used to bother me, but now we're it's just... now literally in our 19th year, so I'm okay with it. Uh,
0: Tom says, why is PK trying to corner this kid? Well, I was the one who asked the follow-up question, so aren't I really the one who's doing the cornering? <laughs> PK complains about a jazz story with an unnamed source and then goes on to not name a source. It's complicated and probably thinks it can't be said. Don't make him hire a
2: lawyer. I did not complain about it. See, that's the whole thing. I went to great lengths to say that I was okay with it. That's because I knew people were going to take that that way. You're not and blaming I have Tony. Zero problem with the story.
0: You're not blaming anything on Tony or the other two writers. You're good with everything in the unnamed source.
2: No, it's not just, at all. Unnamed yes, sources generally frustrate yes. them,
0: even though you have to use them.
2: Yes, yes,
0: right, exactly. Yes, thank you. And that is the gist of it. We have to use them because, think about it, in the case with Devin, it's obviously a college story, so coaches and ADs do not want to embarrass the kid, but they also want to get the truth out there, and that, at the bottom, and end of the day, is why we use unnamed sources.
2: Right, and then it's up to the listener or reader, do you trust the writer? Do you trust the speaker? And that's, that's an individual decision. And, and I guess since we've been around this long, people trust
0: us. Utah media is owned by the Utah Jazz, Mr. Monster says, and they all fear for their lives. It's honestly sad how bad the reporting and insight has been from local reporters on the biggest story of the decade in Utah. At David DJ James, at P.K. Kinahan, at T. Jones on the NBA, at Andy B. Larson. Hashtag DM hates Rudy. <laughs> okay, I mean, you only know he what you can know hate because him all he wants. <laughs> I know, right?
2: <laughs> there was a line. It doesn't take away from the decision that the Jazz have to make going forward,
0: right? And if they work it out and it all ends up being great, they still might make a decision to go a different way. You know? It, it's, it, yes, exactly. This, there's always teammates who don't like each other. The best moment in any press conference during the '97 to '98 finals runs was when Stockton got asked about turmoil inside the team, and he says, "It doesn't. It, no, it's. A, I've liked all my teammates." And without missing a beat, Malone leaned in and goes, "I haven't." And the whole room, all the national media just burst out laughing. Even Stockton shot him a look like, okay, that was pretty funny. (laughs) Because it's true. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of here. Tony and and Hans. (laughs) I've been talking about Tony Jones all morning. You can read his piece at The Athletic. Uh, Well, it's not just his. There's three guys who worked on it. But Tony's the local guy that most of you would know. Uh, Scotty and Hans are coming up next. Stay with us.